welcome to No, no ordinary, ordinary Women, the podcast where two ordinary broads chat about extraordinary women, the good, the bad, and the and bad, bad shit crazy. Hey, Rose. Hi, Lenny. Do you like my fake accent? Do you like my fake accent right there? I have no idea why I did that. I just felt like going, the good, the bad. I didn't even notice that. You didn't notice <laughs> I didn't, know. <laughs> I felt like I had to yawn all of a sudden when you were saying that. I'm like, trying not to. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like stretching out. I'm, I'm boring her. I'm going to throw a beer can hit her in the head. So how was your week, Rose? It's gone by quickly. Has it? I feel like it has. <laughs> I um, volunteered today. Charlotte had a um, market day. So they Ooh. did like an economics unit. And at the end of it, they have like a market day. To, and so they each like in a group of like three or four kids make um, an item or a service to sell. And they have tables set up and through all the pods in first grade. Because it's all in like one. Did anybody do the oldest? One pod. Career in the world? What? Prostitution? <laughs> I didn't see that there. No. Not in first grade. Okay. No, that makes sense. So they give them each five like fake dollars, and then you go Aww. around to all the different classrooms and, and buy stuff. Um, but it's really, like, I did not want to volunteer at all. Yeah. <laughs> but Charlotte was begging me, so I was finally like, it was like an 45 minutes that I was there. And so, um, but it was so cool. Like, the kids were so creative. With what they made. What? So give us uh, some examples. Okay, so Charlotte's table, they were selling um, four-leaf clovers, um, like, on a stick, and they decorated them with, oh, okay. like, glitter and stuff. Um, some kids were selling bookmarks that they, like, colored. Like, they made bookmarks, colored them, and then laminated them. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, um, one table was selling lemonade. Oh, good. Bracelets. Like, a couple different kids were selling bracelets. The best one I thought was um, one group did nail polish. Like, they were like a nail salon. Oh. So they were like painting people's nails. Oh, that's cute. I know. It was that all the girls got that, of course. Um, yeah, it was just super cute. Like, just cute little. It's It was such a like creative. That is, it teaches them about, yeah, it teaches them about teaching you know, them the value yeah, of a dollar, right, first, yeah. firstly. And it was fun. You know what I mean? They and, all loved it. Oh, that's really cool. So I was glad I volunteered. I'm glad Charlotte. Made me. <laughs> um, so we want to talk about our drink today. Yeah, it's super fancy. It's made by uh, Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> <laughs> so Rose and I went out last weekend for her birthday. We went to a local restaurant, um, Bang. We'll give them a little kudos. Um, it's a tapas restaurant here in Charlottesville, and they have an entire page Two columns, right? At least two columns of martinis, maybe even more. Yeah. And their martinis are so freaking good. Oh, God, I can't talk good. about it. <laughs> I can't even think about it. <laughs> They're so good. And they go down way too smooth. Yeah. And, you know, you're eating, like, sharing, like, you know, with the three little buns, the little pork buns. Yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah. like three tiny buns yeah. or three yeah. tiny egg rolls. And... Yeah. And so we didn't, Rose didn't eat much at all. I ate maybe, like, five bites. Because my stomach was hurting. I ate a good amount, but man, those martinis, because a lot of them have a lot of sugar in them and stuff like that. And so well, We were there from like 5 to 9 or 
We, we did. Our <laughs> bill was really expensive. Oh, my God. I know. And Christina's like, oh, my God, when she saw the bill. I, uh, yeah. That, it was huge. That's how much our bill was at, like, Alley Light, wasn't it? It was like that. Our, our bill, yeah, yeah, at Alley Light. But it was, yeah. I mean, it's, eh, it was your birthday. It was worth it. But we had a lot of fun. And then, of course, we left there and had to go to one more place and have yeah, one more drink. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that's because yeah. you got a beer there. That's why you were so sick. Yeah, the night didn't end well for me. Yeah, so Rose went to the next place and had a beer. And I was like, ugh. I just had another What'd martini. You have? Did you? Maybe that yeah. is why. But I was, I was already not feeling well. And then I drank a lot and didn't eat. And, yeah, I spent the weekend uh, cleaning my couch because I vomited all over it. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, girl. Poor Chris. Girl to, and boys. Oh my god! To, what did um, he do when you got sick? Was he sitting right there? He was, and I guess like Charlotte had a little bowl on the that she had left on the couch, and I grabbed that and was just throwing up. And he's like, "Get up, get up!" And I guess I was just like sitting there. <laughs> 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 Were you asleep, or just or? I think I was just really drunk, <laughs> and so he. Um, I was sleeping, yeah, right before he told me to, right before oh. I started throwing up, oh, I was okay. sleeping. So um, he took me to the kitchen sink, and I vomited, vomited, and vomited. And then um, he said I took my shirt off because I had vomit all over it, <laughs> put it on the um, washer, and then went upstairs. And he's like, okay, I guess I'll clean everything up. <laughs> <laughs> So the next day I woke up and I'm like, did I puke last night? He's like, yeah. <laughs> so he's like 10 o'clock at night with a steam cleaner cleaning the couch. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was awful. I, I haven't done that since I was probably like 19. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I didn't feel great Saturday morning. Yeah, and then and... the next day was completely ruined. Cause... Yeah, I got up and I was like, I have a lot of stuff I want to do today. <clears throat> I'm not feeling very good. So I went to the local drip bar, the IV place here in Charlottesville. I've been wanting to try it. And it is expensive. Yeah, no kidding. But if you mention their website, you get uh, 50% off your first visit. It's still really expensive with that. Yeah, but it was well worth it. Was it? Yeah. So it's like there's like Did you feel like normal after? Yeah, I felt fine. I still felt tired. Because I, I'll tell you, I woke up Saturday morning and I had snored so loud that my throat hurt. Oh my god! Like when I woke up, so I must puke? have just went. <laughs> I must have lent, I must have laid down and like had my mouth wide open all night, like because <laughs> my throat was sore in the morning. It was. Oh my awful. god! I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. So yeah, I woke up in the middle of the night and I'm like, I vaguely remember puking, but my throat. You know, how I usually have that pukey taste. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I didn't have that. My throat didn't hurt. So I was like, I must have not puked. Chris said it was like pure liquid. Oh, yeah. We well, didn't have any food. I know. Oh, and I can't even think about those drinks. Like, what? Yeah. So we're just drinking um, <laughs> anyway, hard seltzers yeah, tonight. So, so, so we're not we're not doing any kind of mixed <gasps> drinks. I was going to bring tequila. Oh, oh my God. Rose would have I would have vomited it. just smelling Rose it. wouldn't have made it. Yeah, no. I haven't really felt much like drinking this week either. So I was going to get high noons. Um, yeah, yeah. You like those? Yeah, they're really like good. The the seltzers, but it said on the front, it says like vodka and <laughs> something, and I was like, ah, no thanks. Yeah, I, I don't. It's not real vodka in those. It's like a. It must not be. And it can't be because these? they sell these them in the grocery what's stores. In these? I don't know. It has to be vodka. It's not. It's, it's not liquor because they're. They can't sell them in the grocery store if there's liquor That's what in, I thought in was, Virginia. Yeah. 
So I don't, I don't know. know. That's but, like those you see the little bottles of Fireball in the in the in the grocery store now. Have oh, you seen no, those? No. So you can buy the little teeny bottles, like really? the little airplane bottles of Fireball, in the grocery store now. And I was like, how can they do that? Not in Virginia. Well, I found out that they're not real Fireball. They're like a malt beverage, like oh, like okay. seltzers and yeah. stuff. Which is so stupid. Why can't they sell them in the store? Rose. In Hawaii, you can go to 7-Eleven and buy hard liquor. Well, because here Which in Virginia. I kind of get understand the reason because we used to go at like, you know, they stopped selling at like 2 in the morning and we'd go at like 1.30 and all drunk and go get more. more. Yeah. <laughs> well, here in Virginia, down in the old south, yeah, what they do here is the state owns all the liquor stores, so they get all the profit. Oh, I didn't know that. And they get to control when it's open when it's closed who can buy it who can't <laughs> yeah is that your down south voice That's my down south <laughs> welcome to virginia because that you know really makes people stop drinking oh, like, of course some of some states are even worse than ours well and it, like, they don't sell alcohol on sundays and, sundays at all yeah. and then i think in virginia i don't know if it's still they still do it but you used to not be able to buy alcohol before noon on sunday i, I think it's, it's i think it's well, you can buy alcohol, but you can't buy, like, liquor. Well, the liquor store doesn't open till a certain time, but yeah. they are open on Sunday. They used to not be open on Sunday. Yeah, that's crazy. But they used to um, used to be able used to not be even able to buy beer or wine before noon on that's Sunday. Crazy. Insane. So, I know. I mean, that's how not going to stop. Daggone, how are you going to have a day gone? Uh, what's that thing called? <laughs> Mimosa? Mimosa, if you can't buy no champagne. <laughs> Champagna. Champagna. <laughs> All right, are you ready to get this party started? I am. All right. So, Rose, today I'm going to tell you about Blair Amani. Do you know who that is? No, I've never heard that name. I didn't, hear, I didn't, I didn't know her neither. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know her neither. I didn't know her neither. Uh, Blair Amani is a writer, activist, his, and historian who was born Blair Elizabeth Brown on October 31st, 1993 in California in the L.A. area. She has made a name for herself as a vocal advocate for a number of social justice causes, including Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ rights, and Muslim women's empowerment. Um, Blair was raised as a non-conservative Christian uh, she was raised in a non-conservative Christian household in Pasadena. Uh, her parents conservative Christian. Yeah, so they weren't Republican. A lot of Christians are not all. I'm not, but a lot of Christians, like people that are very Christian, are conservative. So she's non-conservative. I know. I just never heard of like non-conservative Christian. Well, I There's mean, like, I have. I definitely. Have yeah. I mean, but it's just like they just they were Christian. Their family was Christian, but they just didn't yeah. believe in. Um, white supremacy. So, <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. I knew it wasn't good. <laughs> so they were in Pasadena. Um, her parents always made sure she felt loved and let her know that her voice was heard. She went to an all-girls Catholic school for a while and was the only black student. She noticed how she wasn't learning about about black history, only white history. And she, really? <laughs> All-girls Catholic school? Yeah, and she called and said, she's like, what the hell? Why are we not talking about yeah. this? So, um, so growing up in, like, Pasadena in the L.A. area, it's a very, you know, it's a, it's it's very much of a melting pot. So there's, like, all walks of life in that yeah. area. I mean, you've got the richest of rich people. You've got 
homeless people. You've got every religion, race, creed, everything. Yeah. And so she grew up that way, like just, you know, with like this mosh pit of everything. Yeah. So um, from a young age, she knew that she was, there was something a little bit different about her. So when she finally came out to her mother, she said, Mom, I'm gay. And her mom said, no, honey, you're bisexual. (laughs) (laughs) She learned from a very young age about all the different types of sex people could have. So her mother, like, explained gay sex. Oh, wow. Anal sex, oral sex. Her mother, like, explained everything. Anal sex? No likes that, I heard. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong answer. (laughs) So... Um, her parents were very open and honest and didn't discriminate against anyone. Her parents were happy for her when she came out because she was, they felt like she was understanding who she was and she was learning about herself. Oh, that's good. She's, um, quoted, I'm quoting her as saying, I grew up in a, I grew up going to speech therapy with my younger sister and going to sensory integration therapy with her. So I was getting this crash course in early childhood development because it was part of how my sister who's autistic and bipolar was able to process and understand. For example, as the only black girl in my class, I felt we weren't learning enough about the black community in my school, and I asked the teacher if I could do presentations. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> That's so, so funny? funny. Yeah. It's funny because everybody in my life will tell you I was meant to be an educator, but I was in so much denial. Um, as she grew older, she began to question some of the structures of her faith. She attended Louisiana State University, where she studied African-American studies and political science. So you can imagine Louisiana State, right? So it's a very Catholic area. Yeah. Um, and so she had met students, like friends at Louisiana State, LSU, that had never even met somebody that was Jewish in their life. Oh, my God. Isn't that funny? That like, funny. But so just a little side note, um, when I was growing up, we went to – and I lived in New York. My sister and I went to a Catholic school. And my parents were extremely active in the church. And so – all of our friends, my parents' friends, were Catholic. Um, all my friends for school were Catholic. I remember as a kid seeing other churches around town. Yeah. And, but I never paid attention to them. Like, I, you know, like a smaller little chapel yeah, or whatever. Right. There's like actually one across, right across the street from our church. And I never paid attention. Like, I didn't know about other religions except for You probably Judaism. just assumed it was Catholic. No, I didn't assume. I knew it wasn't a Catholic church, but I didn't... Like, I just didn't understand that there was other religions except Judaism because you learn about Jesus being Jewish and stuff. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, so she began and she became very involved in activism while at LSU, primarily working with the LGBTQ advocacy advocacy (laughs) groups, teaching others about civil disobedience and participating in a series of demonstrations called blackout Wednesdays she started to receive regular threats on her life so she left LSU what are blackout Wednesdays I don't know it was it was a it was a series, what the fuck, of, it was a series of demonstrations but what was it I don't know I didn't look it up why don't you google it bitch oh, Jesus Christ I always so have she, to do her work I know so she moved to Washington DC to finish school early by attending summer school but remained in contact with her friends in Louisiana that were activists after graduating, she moved to New York City to work as a social media strategist for Planned Parenthood Southern Affiliates. A big part of her job was teaching people how to talk about abortion, specifically in the southern states. You can imagine how that went over. Okay, hold on. I'm sure it had to do something. On the last Wednesday of each month, participants will dress 
in all-black apparel as a reminder of the strong diversity that LSU has. There will be a photographer in the... Qua- oh, that doesn't matter. <laughs> After graduating, she moved to uh, New York City to work as a social media strategist for Planned Parenthood and Southern Affiliates. A big part of her job was teaching people about how to talk about... Teaching people how to talk about abortion, specifically in Southern states. So... Talking about abortion in southern states probably didn't go Yeah, so that well. still doesn't go over well. In 2016, she went back to Baton Rouge to support the protest over the shooting of Alton, St- Alton Ster- Sterling. Wow, I don't know why I can't say that today. In Baton Rouge and found herself on the front lines face-to-face with a SWAT team. She made several friends through this process and began to gain a following on social media. Before she knew it, she gained national attention for activism during protests. Oh, wow. I'm so fucking pissed off because I had a whole thing about that in here. Oh, I'm sorry. <sighs> okay. And I even like did it right before I left. I hate that. <sighs> and it didn't save. I hate that so much. Um, she had thousands of followers on Twitter and Twitter and Instagram and then the numbers kept climbing. She knew she had a platform and she set about using her platform to promote justice and social change. She was, after all, a black, queer, Muslim woman standing up for what she felt passionate about, justice. <laughs> that has to be a tough life. So this is pretty interesting. You're going to, like, gasp. She was a guest on the Tucker, Carl- Tucker Carlson show. Oh, wow. Yeah. In June of 2017. <laughs> she was being interviewed about safe spaces for Muslims. So she talked about how Muslims are constantly being targeted and investigated. And Carson and Carlson said the truth is is that Muslims are murdering murdering other people in masses. And and she said, What about white supremacists? What about alt right? Why doesn't the government look into them? Because they're and, also <laughs> racist. Yeah, exactly. And so he kept talking over her and she and he was like yelling at her and she said Oh my God. I identify as a queer black Muslim woman. And it's the first time she had ever come out publicly. Oh, really? And she and uh this is how she came out. So okay. she she shocked herself. You could see for a second she like her eyes got big and she stopped and then his jaw dropped. And it wasn't a live interview. Did it was he like not, a, not know she was Muslim? No, he knew she was Muslim. She had a habib on, uh, a, a, a hijab on. Sorry, she had a hijab on, and um, he knew she was Muslim, but he didn't know she was gay. And oh, so okay. his mouth dropped open. I was like, oh. <laughs> and she hesitated for a split second after she said it. I was like, oh, shit, you can watch it. You can pull it up. Yeah, she probably just got pissed. So 2016 also brought the Pulse nightclub shooting. Oh, the, I remember that. At the GLAAD Media Awards in New York. That was you, in 2016? 16. Do you know what GLAAD stands for? Gay, lesbian, I don't know, AD. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alliance of Anti-Discrimination, I think it is. Okay. I had it in here, but it's gone. It disappeared. Anyway, so um, Chris got a, a really great scholarship from GLAAD. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, good. Um, so at the GLAAD Media Awards in New York City, Blair and Brandon Wolf called out Fox News Channel host Tucker Carlson, saying he in- incited his viewers to send them hateful messages. Blair and Brandon Wolf a survivor of the Pulse nightclub shooting and a gun reform activist explained the harassment they received in the hand of Carlson's fans, in the hands of Carlson's fans. 
After her interview, she explained, Carlson's audience put me through it, even sending me death threats. God. I'm so sick of people like that. So Wolf, the guy, then noted that the week prior to... Prior, Carlson had denounced him for appearing on Joy Reid's MSNBC AM show, uh, um, MSNBC show AM Joy, where Brandon critiqued the homophobia of Vice President Mike Pence. He mocked me. He he's quoted as saying he mocked me and other survivors like me. Um, he's talking about yeah. Didn't Carlson's Pence say? Tucker. Oh, didn't Pence say Pence something say something though? too? He uh, after that shooting, he laughed at our pain. I received the ugliest messages you can possibly imagine on my feed, including similar death threats. So Pence said something. He critiqued the homophobia um, of, like, he said something about Vice President's, like, homophobic rhetoric or whatever he said about the Pulse nightclub shooting. Um, So what happened was he had said Pence, it was something about, like, the... The gay, the pray away, the gay camps. Yeah. And it was, he misspoke and he came right back and said, I misspoke. I should have said this. I said this. It was a mistake. Okay. And he came right back. Um, Wolf, the, the guy that was at the Pulse Club night shooting. So, but Carlson Tucker like destroyed him. Blair is the author of Modern Her Story, stories of women and non-binary people rewriting history. It spotlights 70 overlooked but important people of color, queer people, trans people, disabled people, and more who are changing the world this very moment. During the pandemic, she was forced to reevaluate what made her stand out and what she was most passionate about. She started speaking out about race and who is responsible for racism. How she describes what she does. Um, In the summer of 2020, following the increased awareness and interest in anti-oppression, oppression education she says her instagram page went viral she used various non-traditional methods to teach people about themselves each other and the world around them she says i call this ongoing process getting smarter and everyone has the ability to get smarter so long as the information presented in a manner is presented in a manner suitable to the person she wrote a book called Read This to Get Smarter, which I really want to read this book now, which is an approachable guide to being an informed, compassionate, and socially conscious person today, from discussions of race, gender, and sexual orientation to disability, class, and beyond. She says, we live in a time where it's never been more important to be knowledgeable about a host of social issues and to be confident and appropriate in how we talk about them. What's the best way to ask someone their pronouns, what their pronouns are? How do you talk about racism with someone who doesn't seem to get it. What is intersectionally and why do you need to understand it? While it can seem intimidating or overwhelming to learn and talk about such issues, it's never been easier, thanks to educator and historian Blair. So um, that is um, her videos. It's called Smarter in Seconds. So you can just kind of watch those. Is it on YouTube? Um, You can go to her website, Blair Armani. She has since become a prolific writer, publishing articles on a variety of topics, including race, gender, and religion. She has also authored several books, including Modern Her History, which I already mentioned, um, Making Our Way Home, The Great Migration, and The Black American Dream. And in addition, in addition, and in addition to her writing, she sought, she's a sought-after public speaker, appearing at events and conferences around the world to discuss her work and activism. Wow. She is married, um, or she, I don't, 
I think they're married. She has a partner. She's a, a male partner, but she is bisexual. It's very interesting. And yeah, it's she's it's it's a really cool story. It's interesting how people get there, you know, like what triggered her to start. Well, I mean, like she I don't think she had a choice. Like she started as a kid. Right. You know what I'm yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like like as a kid, she 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 just knew that things weren't right. And so it it made her try to change things. But you have to be a certain kind of person to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. mean, not every not every person's going to go out and try to change the world. So um so this is funny, Rose. So I just closed the document and reopened it. Yeah, and the stuff is there. And the stuff's there. Um so after the shooting of Alton Sterling, she was in that protest and where she came face to face with the SWAT yeah. the SWAT team. Yeah. Um she and her partner Akeem were arrested. Um so in an interview with the Intercept, she detailed her encounter with the Baton Rouge SWAT officers. She claimed that she was trampled, threatened verbally, and she was photographed screaming as she was carried away by special force officers, which I found that video, and I have it saved to our... It'll be on our website. Okay. Um, while being detained, she alleges one of the officers ordered, really give it to her, in quotes. <gasps> I believe And that. then another officer removed her, hijab, her hijab. Yeah, that's not surprising. Um, I'm sure they were white. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like that video is pretty upsetting to watch. I watched it this afternoon. I was like, oh, my God. Um, So, yeah. So the gay it's called Glad is the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Sorry. Um, uh, Let's see. So she and also she and Wolf, they um, demanded that Carlson condemn the kind of verbal abuse at these Glad Media yeah, Awards, right. they they and they asked people to donate um, to Glad in Carlson's name. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sure he apologized, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, she one of the things like during the pandemic when I said that she was like trying to figure out what she was most passionate about. She she retired from activism, like she's not like frontline activist, okay. but she does help people learn like what to do if they're going to be like an activist like if you're going to be like on the front line yeah right like make sure you have a little bag with you that has if you're on your period like tampons and pads because they're not going to give them to you if you go to jail okay make sure you have phone numbers because they're going to take away your phone like written down somewhere like of people that you need to call make sure you have um there's a bunch of stuff she's a bitch like just advice on on activism but she's retired from like physical but if you have pads and tampons and you go to jail they're not going to give those to you i mean it might you think so i don't know i mean just i mean i guess it can't hurt to have i mean wouldn't they want you to have it otherwise you're just bleeding everywhere i mean i don't know seems like more of a mess for them i'd be like okay (laughs) so this was the one thing that i really wanted to read and i'm glad i was able to find it so um she often gets questions about being queer and muslim because you know that's we're told that Muslim people don't agree with right, yeah. LGBTQ. So she's quoted as saying, I believe Allah created me as I am, bisexually and all. I do not believe that queerness is a sin to be forgiven because I do not believe that queerness is a sin. I'm not going to change my mind about this, so let it go. If you feel the need to correct me, in quotes, <laughs> I also believe that queer people of faith deserve to worship in, a, in safety and peace. 
While I acknowledge that many people and many institutions do believe that queerness is forbidden in Islam, I do not agree with this interpretation. I further do not believe that it is, it is okay or valid to use religion or any other institution to deny others humanity, dignity, or respect. Many arguments about queerness in, in the Quran emerge from the story of, I guess it's Lut, it's L-U-T, it could be Lut or Lut, yeah. known to other Abrahamic religions, and Abrahamic religions are a group of Semitic originated religions that claim descent from the Judaism of the ancient Israelites and the worship of God of Abraham. Okay. So I did look that up for you, Rose. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so other Abrahamic religions as Sodom and Gomorrah. So she says two important things. I believe that the story of Lut does not teach against conceptual same-gender romantic or sexual relationships. And two, I believe that the story of Lut is very clearly teaching against rape, regardless of whether the rape is committed against someone of the same or different gender, differing gender of the rapist. Furthermore, I believe that following the teaching of Islam and Allah's word are aspirations that Muslims seek. I also know from my work as a historian that human agendas of bigotry and hatred influence the way religion is practiced. For sure. Homophobia, homophobia and or transphobia are not exclusive to Islam or Abrahamic religions or religion as an institution. And great, great work must be done to hold harmful institutions accountable for their harms, historical and present. So I'm glad I found that because I really wanted to read that. So I think it's really important because I think, yeah. you know, like as a society, we're like, oh, you're Muslim. You can't be gay. But it, it's like all and it's this is the whole thing about the Bible and the Quran and all. It's, it's how you interpret it, how you interpret it, not interpret it, how you interpret it. So if you interpret it one way, somebody else interprets it another way. It's oh, and yeah, and that's wrong exactly right. what. That's exactly what religions do. That's that's exactly what cults do too. They they find a way to interpret it to fit their agenda, and then they it's the only way. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not okay. And then they use that. You know, one or two people use that to create this religion that, or or use it in their religion as a way to control people. And she, like she was saying, she's like, I'm a historian. I've done a ton of research on the Quran, and yeah. all that. and she's like, it's not. There's nothing in there right. that says that they don't... Just like uh, the Bible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so I thought that was really interesting, and I'm glad I found it. Sorry, you guys, that story was kind of, like, jumbled, but I don't... I this, this I saved it in Google Docs. I don't understand why when I opened it, it wasn't all there, but anyway. It's okay. We'll forgive you this time. You can. You can. Next time. Next time, off with her head. <laughs> You're out. You're out of the podcast. I'm doing it by myself. Okay. Let's see how see how, how many people laugh at your stories. <laughs> oh, they'll be laughing. They'll be laughing. They'll be laughing all the way. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Click unfollow. Me and my two listeners. <laughs> all right. We're going to eat some dinner, okay. folks. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay. Let's get this party started. Hey, bros. Hey. We're back. We had some sultan kebab. Some kebabababa. It's very yes. good. Super Mediterranean yummy, food. Yummy food. I didn't want it, but Lynn convinced me. It's good. It's good. They're, they're, they're foods. I mean, we usually get food from sticks. We usually get which food is from another, sticks. Like, and I kebab like place. Sticks, but. but this place is um, a little more authentic. And we do love sticks. I mean, their food's good. But it wasn't as convenient, uh, the location today. So 
Yeah. yeah. That was delish. Delicious. I'm full. I ate way too much. I'm ready to put my jammies you know, their, on. Their hummus was really good. I'm very picky about what kind of hummus I eat. Oh, I didn't get hummus. I just got a Sammy. Well, the hummus comes in the platter I got, and it was really good. It's oh, super it's... creamy. Their hummus is, like, insanely creamy. That's what she said. They probably should. <laughs> I like your hummus. <laughs> they probably shell the um, chickpeas. That'll make your hummus. I'll tell you how to make your hummus creamy. <laughs> That'll make your hummus creamy. Tonight, late night with Lynn. Chris must be how, shelling his chickpeas. How to make your hummus creamy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. Call me ads. No, we're not doing that. All right. Anyway. So we're having the same drinks. I'm having a blueberry watermelon. A boob berry? A boob berry watermelon. Boob berry. Lynn's having... You already drank that one. You have to say what your new one is. I didn't tell you what my first one oh. was. My first one was a kiwi lime. The second one is a berry hibiscus. Oh. Hib- Do you like it? Hibiscus. Yeah, it is really good. I had the strawberry guava first. That's really good. Mm. That's my this, favorite. Yeah, these are 90 calories, zero sugar. I like them. They're good. Yeah. They're pretty light. Yeah. Not going to get drunk. Oh, what's the purpose of drinking them then? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back. Rose is going to tell us about... I'm going to tell you about Valerie Jane Morris Goodall. Oh. Have you have you ever heard of her? No, I work with somebody named, with the same last name, but oh, I'm really? not going to say her name. Morris be... Goodall? No, 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 <laughs> just, just Goodall. Goodall, yeah. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> now presenting <sighs> the bitch, Rose. The biggest bitch. <laughs> All right, so. She's that... such a bitch. Her bitch, she's this. She's tremendously a bitch. <laughs> she it's is the biggest bitch ever. There are people on both sides that are nice, but she's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I just grab her by the crotch in the locker room. <laughs> She likes to grab my pussy. <laughs> That's right. He did say the P word. I don't even. Come on, Lynn. Grab the pussy. Uh, no. Thank you. No thanks. All right. You done? Can I go on? He can go. Done with comedy hour with Lynn? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be here all week, y'all. <laughs> all right. Valerie Jane Morris Goodall was born in Bert. Oh. So I have a, um, a little competition for you all. If you can tell me how many times Lynn, Lynn slams her drink down during her recording. I just did it on purpose. I'll give Rose, you $5. Because Rose is like, you slam your drink down all the time. And I really don't. So You I, really do. You need I, to listen to last week's recording. It was at least like six times. And I cut like four of them. Okay? I get I'm real sorry. Sick. You're like, gulp, gulp, Slam. <laughs> Boom. It really pisses me off. It's just me spanking the table. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't slammed it at all tonight except that one time. Uh, well, I'll let you know when I edit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm going to put some felt down over there. <laughs> felt on the bottom of your drink. There you go. Okay. So she was born in Burnmouth, England on April 3rd, 1934. Beginning at birth, Jane always loved animals and the outdoors. She had a dog named Rusty, a pony, and a tortoise, among Aww, other animals. A pony. She was a lucky girl. I know. She isn't Rusty such a cute name for a dog. Yeah. She fell in love with David Africa. A guy named Rusty. 
Oh my god, I forgot about that. Gross. <laughs> gross. Okay, gross. Actually, gross I dated a guy named Rusty too. <gasps> Did you really? Like, yeah. When like, Did he have red hair? He had really blonde, almost kind of reddish hair. Yeah, he has you know red him? hair too. I didn't sleep with your guy. This guy was like He's not when my I was guy. Well, I'm talking about your guy that you had sex with. I, I never <laughs> said I had sex with him. I said I dated him. What'd you guys do? Hold hands? <laughs> yeah, we just held hands. Played cards. <laughs> Frolicked through the fields. Yeah. Anyway, so she fell in love with Africa around the age of eight after she read Tarzan and Dr. Doolittle. And she was determined to work in Africa one day. And on my bucket list is to go to Africa on a safari. Oh, God. Stay in one of those, that house that Ellen DeGeneres stayed in, the one that the, the giraffes can come right up to. Have you oh, seen that? No, like, I a lot of famous people have stayed in it. It's really? like this amazing house. Well, I don't think house. I have Ellen DeGeneres money. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, she's the last person I remember seeing. But I've seen other stars stay there, too. It's freaking amazing. I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to stay in some kind of a tent. Oh, a yurt. <laughs> a yurt. Yeah. I don't think I have Ellen DeGeneres giraffe in my window money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I can send you giraffe memes. <laughs> yeah. That's about the same. I'll just, same I'll just get a tent and put up a picture of a giraffe <laughs> looking through a window. <laughs> be the same. Yeah, same, thing. same thing. And you can beat it if you want. <laughs> so um, Jane didn't have the money to go to college or to travel to Africa after graduation. So she settled on secretarial school in South Kensington. Well, that's a big difference. Yeah. I'm sure she loved secretarial school. I know, compared to going to Africa. <laughs> yeah. And she, like, loves animals and stuff. She did mm-hmm. not want to sit at a desk and be a secretary. So while in school, she began working and saving every penny to, so that she could go visit her friend in Nairobi, Kenya. And at the age of 23, she finally had enough saved that she could go to Africa. So it took her, like, five years. How did she meet her friend in Nairobi? I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Probably Google. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> probably on the internet. She was probably in the AOL chat room <laughs> in <I'm> 1934. <laughs> she met on Tinder. <laughs> so on her way to Africa, she met Dr. Louis Seymour Bazet Leakey, a paleoanthropologist who offered her a job at a natural history museum in Kenya. And because she was so good at her job, he decided to send her to the Gombe Street. Hold on. I have that written two different ways. Hold on. Gombe. It's Gombe, and I have it Gombre in a couple places. Okay. (laughs) All right, so... Are you done? I need your answer, please. <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> what is shut the fuck up? <laughs> what is Louisiana Purchase, Alex? <laughs> oh my God. Chris came in the room laughing the other day. I'm like, what are you laughing about? He goes, I'm just listening to these two girls talk on this podcast about the Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> and I was cracking up all over again. I was like, that was the best ever. That's one thing she learned in school. <laughs> The Louisiana Purchase. 
<laughs> I can still see your face getting so excited about it, too. What is the Louisiana Purchase? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm just wrong. Anyway, I'm never going to get through this story. <laughs> Sorry, I'll shut up. I'll stop interrupting. Finally. Maybe your mom should have taught you how to not interrupt people. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bitch. <laughs> Something you need to work on. <laughs> oh, my stomach <laughs> So it's just going to be you laughing the whole time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, God. So anyway, I think I'm still at this one sentence. (laughs) Because she was so good at her job, Dr. Leakey soon soon decided to send her to the Gombe Stream Game Reserve in Tanzania to study wild chimpanzees, which is actually where I found Lynn. Yes. (laughs) That's where I picked her up. Yep. Brought her home. She brought me home as her pig. <laughs> so throwing poop at everybody. <laughs> yeah, I've taught her to mostly stop doing that. But. Yeah, well, sometimes. <laughs> so her lack of education was actually what Doctor Leakey really liked about her because he wanted to send her out there to study them without being without like the bias of traditional thought and education, mm-hmm. and um, she would have like a completely open mind, you know. And mm-hmm. he knew she like loved animals and. She was really smart. She just wasn't educated um, the way other scientists were. So this expedition required a lot of prep work, and Dr. Leakey had to get permission and funding from the government to get her over there. And Jane moved to London to work in a film library of Granada Television at the London Zoo so that she could study the behavior of primates to prep for living among them because she was like living in the wild with going to be living in the mm-hmm. wild with them. And finally, about a year later, Dr. Leakey secured funding from the Wilkie Brothers Foundation and Jane left for Nairobi. Which, it says she left for Nairobi, but she was going to Tanzania. But I guess she had to, like, get on a boat and yeah. it was like her a camel. Yeah, something. I don't know the geography of Africa, so. Well, that's but, disappointing. <laughs> I know, I know. Just the Louisiana Purchase. Just the Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> That's all she knows, guys. I'll do another one about the Louisiana Purchase so you can feel good one day. <laughs> On July 14th, 1960, Jane arrived by boat at the Gombe Stream Game Reserve on the eastern shore of Lake Tanganyika. She was not allowed to stay at Gombe without an escort and a cook, so she brought along her mother and a guy named Dominic to cook. Huh. And I have no idea where she found Dominic and... He was never mentioned again. That's so funny. But Dominic went along with her. I don't know if she found him in Africa and she, like, in Nairobi and brought him along. Yeah, could have. Who knows? So within her first few weeks were, like, really rough. She contracted malaria, or what they think was malaria, and developed a fever. And for, like, weeks Mm -hmm. she was down when she first got there. And finally, she, like, is excited because she's going to head out, and she gets out there, and the the terrain is, like, very rugged, like, nothing she's ever 
seen in her life. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't find any chimps. Like, there, she would see them once in a while, but they'd, like, run off. And yeah. so it was really hard for her to find chimps, was, which was what her job was. So after a few weeks, she finally met an older chimp that didn't seem to mind her watching him. An older chap? Is that what she said? <laughs> yeah, an older chap. <laughs> He was, like, super chill and must have somehow known that she was safe. So he just kind of let her hang out. Like, he didn't... Oh, wow. That's cool. Just let her watch him and his troop. He was probably watching her, though, too, because they're pretty, you know, interested and... Yeah. Like, nosy, you know what I mean? Right. Or curious. Like George. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's where they got that. Curious George. It all makes sense, Lynn. Fuck, I'm funny. (laughs) We need a camera in here because your face makes the joke so much better because you were so excited. (laughs) Oh, my God, like George, like George. (laughs) So even though it was taboo to name your subjects, she named him David Graybeard. Graybeard. That was the name of Lynn's last boyfriend that's my that was my stripper name <laughs> lynn graybeard <laughs> oh those whiskers it's my, it's my graybeard it's now <laughs> it's my stripper name now <laughs> um so he was the head chimp of his troop a troop is a group of chimps okay and he basically just told the all the other chimps like she's cool you can leave her alone and they, they didn't bother her isn't that that's crazy so cool it's it's amazing. When you watch them, like, you really watch chimps, it's so freaking cool. It is. Like, they're so human-like in so many things they do. And, and um, I mean, they could be mean and, like, yeah, really. like, really hurt people and kill people. I mean, they're not. I know. You know at the they, zoo, they're, they're always, strong. like, yelling and, hurt, like, yeah, going crazy. That's because they're in a freaking Well, age. I know, but. <laughs> yeah. They I mean, scare me. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to jump over. Because they're so smart that yeah. I'm afraid that they're going to somehow figure out how to get out of there when I'm at the zoo. <laughs> yeah. Like at the DC Zoo where they can, like, swing from, like, over, they can yeah. go over top of things. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. That shit is scary. So, you know, she spends, like, a while watching them. And she notices that David Graybeard is taking blades of stiff grass and sticking them into holes to extract termites. And everyone was, like, amazed by this discovery because up until then, only humans were thought to have to use tools to, like, that was the definition of a human, like, someone who can use tools or who can make tools. Right. And she found out that that these chimps are, are making tools and using them, which was amazing to everyone. So she stayed there for years and... Um, in 1964, she married Baron Hugo van Lawick, who was a Dutch photographer who had been sent to Tanzania to film her work. And they did, like, a documentary on her. Oh, my God. Man, these things are making me a little bit gassy. That was a burp, not a fart. <laughs> and she's lying. <laughs> There's a hole in the curtain behind her. <laughs> Now I have to leave the burp in so that you believe me. <laughs> so three years later, they had a son named, they named Hugo Eric Louis Van Lawick, but they called him Grub. Grub? I have no idea why. Grub. That is an ugly name. Yeah, because grubs are gross. I know. And it just makes you think of like 
I don't know. Yeah. So Jane and Barron divorced in 1974 when Grubb was seven, but they remained close friends until he died in 2002. Grubb spent his early childhood with his parents in the African wild before he was sent to England to study. They actually built a big cage for him to protect him from the chimps, like like a ginormous cage where they could walk around in, like basically a room And when he was a baby so that he could be outside with them mm-hmm. and the chimps wouldn't bother him. Oh, yeah. I guess I'd be afraid of that, too. Yeah. yeah I mean, they could easily like, just snatch him, snatch him, yeah. raise him as his own, come yeah. Tarzan. Yeah. Then what? Then they make a movie about you. Then they make a movie about And him. then another movie about you. And then a cartoon. <laughs> then another movie. <laughs> Actually, Tarzan is based on Jane. The girl and Tarzan oh, is it really? based on Jane. Yeah. Oh, Tarzan and Jane. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So they, um, Jane, while studying there in, um, I can't even remember the name of the fucking place. Gombri. Gombe. Gombe. <laughs> I have it written two different ways in my story. She discovered three things that went against what scientists had originally believed about chimpanzees. These are like the three big things that changed the way they thought. The first was that they were always believed to be herbivores, but she discovered discovered that they were actually omnivores. Um, The second was that they used tools, and the third was that they make their own tools, which I told you were like huge deals. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and this really kind of like brought to light how closely humans and chimps were related. So this is kind of crazy and not something I think um, you can do anymore. But in 1962, she started a doctoral program at Cambridge. Um, and she didn't have any kind of degree before that. Huh. She went from like high school to a doctoral program, oh, wow. which I'm pretty sure you can't do that anymore. But the other scientists there did not really like her that much, because well, because they had she hadn't been to school for four years, and then two years, and now she's getting her doctorate. <laughs> yeah, well, that might have been so a reason. Like everyone else has been in school for six years. Yeah, and she's out like in the field. But back in that period, I don't think anybody went to school that long. Like I think to get a doctorate, like to to become a doctor, you only went to school for like. Less than four years. Yeah, probably. Because that book I'm reading right now about the women in white coats or the white coats or whatever it's called, but it's about women who, the first women doctors. And you didn't go to school that long to be a doctor back then. Yeah. Not like you do now. That's true. So they didn't, the reasons they didn't like her was because she liked to name the chimps um, that she worked with and she would develop relationships with them. And she like was telling everyone that, you know, they have personalities and emotions and these scientists didn't like that because they numbered the chimps and right. they studied them from afar. They didn't like get up close to them. They didn't. They didn't develop any kind of relationship with them. They were just a subject, right? And yeah. I. They probably also thought that Jane was like, you know, not as smart as them because she hadn't gone to school. Well, she was a woman, Rose. Duh. Well, yeah, she could and be she, nearly. Oh, as smart yeah, and as I'm sure it was men. like mostly men there too. Rose, you know, she did not have half the brain function that all those That's men true. did. That's true. Yeah, they're probably Come much on. smarter than. And her. then she was probably crazy when she had her period. I mean, she probably was like, <laughs> oh my god, know. the PMS. Yeah, she uh, she bleeds. How is she going to do this in the wild? Oh my god, this oh my woman god. is crazy. I didn't think about that. I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would not be free fun. bleeding. Free bleeding. <laughs> 
So after I'm earning, free, <laughs> free bleeding. <laughs> so after earning her PhD, she went back to work in. This is where I start messing up the word Gombe for two, 20 years, and I'm positive I'm saying that wrong. That's good. <laughs> in 1975, she married Derek Bryson, who was a member of Tanzania's parliament and director of the Tanzanian National Park System. Unfortunately, he died of cancer five years after they got married in 1980. Mm-hmm. But before his death, he helped Jane to establish the Gombe Stream National Park, which was a big deal because it helped to, like, protect the chimps and make sure that, you know, they were on, like, protected land. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure people didn't try to get them. So in 18... So <laughs> we're going back in 1886. <laughs> in... 1986, she began to hear more and more about deforestation, and she started to become more involved in conservation and less involved in the science aspect. And she didn't notice it at the time, but after flying over Gombe National Park, she saw large-scale deforestation where the local villages were rapidly expanding, Mm -hmm. and she started to become very worried for the chimps because they were losing their habitat, slowly but surely. So... She began her work as a conversation, conversationist, conversationist, conservation, conversationist, conversationist. And in 1977, she established the Jane Goodall Institute, which protects chimpanzees and inspires communities across the world to take action for people, animals, and and the environment. She also worked to improve conditions for chimps at medical research facilities. Today, Jane travels about 300 days a year giving speeches and talking to government officials and business people around the world, encouraging them to support wildlife conservation and protect critical habitats. I just started following her on um, Instagram, and it looks like she's still, like, giving speeches all the time. How old is she? She's up there. What was it? What was her? You said she was 34. She was born in 1934? That can So she's almost 90? Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, she's 89. I mean, I believe those... That's what she still do. Like, it looks like that's her now. That's crazy. I mean, for reals. Yeah, so she's, I mean, pretty amazing. I can't find the fucking Instagram now. Um, but yeah, she she really changed the way like people looked at chimps and that's really cool. Brought to light like what, how human like they actually are. How close she, to the what was the documentary? I I think I've seen it. it was there called, are a ton of them. I definitely have seen the one. Didn't what's her name? Um, was it Glenn Close? Meryl Street. Meryl. Yeah, you might be right. I think there is one where, but there, like, I googled like Jane Goodall. It's Meryl Streep. It's not Glenn Close. Movies, and mm-hmm. there were like a shitload of them. Really, I think yeah. it was Meryl Streep that played her. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that was a cool movie. Yeah, um, the documentary. I mean, the documentary is really old, from like the sixties. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I've read a lot of things about her, and I want to say in my psychology book in college, they um, there was a like something about her in one of the chapters, and I kind of went down a rabbit hole. Like yeah. I looked, I mean, I was, and I had heard about her 
seen the old documentary or something like that. Yeah. And then I it was in my psychology book and I read a little bit more and then it made me go down a little bit more of a rabbit hole about her. Um, and it's just so cool. Like, it is. I mean, to do that had to have been. And she ugh. was just, you know, some girl from Burmouth, England that decided she really liked animals and had this like dream to go work in Africa and, and really changed so much about the the science behind like researching animals, mm-hmm. especially chimps. Casey has a friend from high school or they went to elementary like elementary school all the way up together. And she always wanted to like be a dolphin trainer or something like yeah. that. And she works at and I don't want to say it's SeaWorld, but she works at some marine place in California yeah. in San Diego and she works with all the marine life. Oh, that's awesome. And that's something she always wanted yeah. to do. Isn't that so cool? That is cool. That's Hopefully what she does. Free Willy. Yeah. I saw a video the other day about like an aerial shot of um, tanks with whales in them, and literally like it was like a f- sped up version of like the video, and the whale is just like swimming in circles. Yeah, the whole time. Like tiny circles, all day, every day. It's so sad. Didn't didn't a, recently a whale in captivity just die? Oh, I don't I know. I thought I just saw that recently a whale that was in, that's been in captivity died. It's so sad. I mean, I, I like even zoos make me super sad. Yeah. I take my kids to zoos because I want them to see the animals. Um, but I do always feel like awful when I do it. I know it is sad, especially the like the Richmond Zoo and the the National Zoo in DC. You'd think they'd have bigger places for the animals but some of the things are kind of weird they're so small there's a really cool zoo in north carolina and i can't remember where it is we took the kids there when they were really little and it's more of a like open like more natural habitat yeah it's very very cool a safari type place yeah similar to kind of something simple similar to that but it's very very cool yeah so yeah i'm not a big fan of zoos they do make me depressed i know i'd rather take my kids to like a um like a rescue, what are they called? It's not a rescue. Oh, like a, like a, not a shelter. It's called a um, sanctuary. Like sanctuary, a, yeah. yeah. I'd rather take my kids to one of those, but I don't know where they are. We did that in Alaska. We went to a sanctuary and oh my God, they like, so they had animals that had been injured and they were rehabilitating and some of them couldn't go back out. Some of them could, they, you know. Yeah. And that's where I saw those, I had that video that time of those grizzly bears fighting. Oh, my God. That was the most intense thing. I mean, like, they I don't know if they were playing or not, but they were, like, these loud. Like, and oh, really? It, you felt it all the way yeah. to the center of that's your how, soul. That's it how was, I felt when those chimps are, when the chimps yell at the zoo. It's just so it scary. The shit out of me. I mean, these, there was, like, two fences between us and them, but it was still no more. They were not more than 20 feet from yeah. me. And they yeah, like, and there's like a little fence between you. Yeah, You're like, like, they can surely knock that fence down. No, I mean, they couldn't knock it down, but it was... It was just, they were so big. Yeah. And when they gallop around, it's a grizzly bear. Grizzly bears are huge. They're like 11 feet tall. Oh, really? Oh, my God. They're so, it's so weird to see them that close. And as soon as we got out of our car, because it was, you can walk around there, and there's all kinds of animals. It was really cool. But we drove to each, like, it's kind of spread out. It's It'd probably be nice to walk if it was a nice day, but it was raining. So we drove to each little place. And the... As soon as we parked the car and got out, the grizzly bears started fighting. 
like right in front of the fence where oh we were parked. And I was like, Chris goes, look at that. They turned a show on for us as soon as we got here. <laughs> but it was so creepy. That like it creepy. literally, ugh, I, I still really think about it. I really want to go to Alaska it. too. Yeah, Alaska's a pretty cool place. So. I they need to, like, rob a bank or something. Rob a bank? Yeah, so I can yeah, go Rose, to, on a safari. Uh, I don't know if you've watched the news, Rose, but none of the banks have money anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I'm going to rob, but I'm going to rob someone. <laughs> you know, you could rob, rob a drug, drug all dealer. of our employers that aren't paying us enough. That's what <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to rob the CEO. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. That's a good idea, Lynn. Yeah, there you go. I'm a smart one, Rose. I'm a smart one. You can keep me around. So we would love it if you'd go and leave a rating and a review on Apple or any of the podcast podcast platforms, platforms you listen yeah. on. Any of them. Not just We'd Apple. We love it. We haven't had one in a while. And yeah. It really means a lot to us. It makes us very sad. Lynn's been crying all day. All day. Every day. And Because nobody will leave it. Lynn's the greatest. We've only gotten one of those. For your rating and your review, you can support one Lynn. <laughs> one day of Lynn's I'll mental send, health. I'll, I'll send you a picture of my ear. <laughs> your ear? My ear. Just because, I mean, people do feet already. They do boobs. They do private do you think parts. think ear is the just next an thing? Ear. It's, an, it's just There's something different. There's probably like some, some ear fetish, I'm well, sure. I'll send you a picture of my ear. ear. Sex. I don't care. Ew. I think that is a thing. Oh, Rose, stop it. <laughs> No. You can find us on No Ordinary Women Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, and No Ord Women Pod on Twitter, which I never post on. So, but you can still look She's going to still gonna tell you about it every time. I'm going to still tell you about it every time. I, I went to post something on there today, and then, I don't know, a squirrel ran by my window, and oh I my God. stopped. I went to do a video on there, and it This didn't is why work. we need more ratings and reviews, because we need somebody to do social media for, for us. <laughs> yes, ma'am, we do. And then Lynn will do absolutely nothing. So keep an eye out on social media this week. We might post a, a platform, a, a post um, on Insta or Facebook and or both uh, for you guys to ask us some questions for next week. Oh, yeah. We should do that again. Yeah. It's been a while. That was so. fun. It was fun. So oh, wait. We, we got to give our friend Jenny a shout out. I think we Jenny. did that last time. Jenny. 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 Jenny Lou Who. So we just want to say that Jenny's... Very supportive of our podcast, and we and love her. She keeps us entertained with memes. Yes. And her great, great, very normal, well-behaved family life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But she, she always gives us feedback on our, um, our episodes and just, I don't know. She's one of the soccer bitches. Yeah. Yeah. She's good stuff. Thanks, we Jen. We love her. Thanks, Jenny, Jenny. Thanks, Jenny. We always talk about Dolly, Yana, and, and Christina. Yeah, we know. Oh, my God. We hadn't mis- mentioned Christina yet. I know. I was thinking when we were laughing so hard, and we're not even talking about Christina. That's, I was thinking <laughs> that. <laughs> she probably doesn't listen anymore. She was probably, she'll, she'll be driving, she'll hear us laughing and be like, wait a minute, rewind. Who <laughs> <laughs> wasn't listening? <laughs> no, but yeah, no, Jenny, Jenny does give us great feedback, and it's awesome. It's very much appreciative. Even very much suck, appreciated. She tells us how much we suck. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's good to have some honest feedback, you know. Yeah, we'll take it. Tell us we suck. Then at least we know you listened. I know. As long as yeah. you give us five stars and tell us we suck. <laughs> That's you fine. can tell us we suck all day long. Just give us five stars. <laughs> five stars. Because Rose is pretty good at sucking. So. <laughs> Not as good as Lynn, from what I hear. <laughs> from her husband. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're disgusting. I am a nasty girl. All right, you guys. All right. Until we'll next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.